It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 This is Straight Out of Vegas. With the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. I doubt the future. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. You heard it. I'm R.J. Live, coast to coast, 6 o'clock Eastern, 3 o'clock here in Vegas. We've got an action-packed hour for you this Wednesday. The big trade, Flacco to Denver. Good, bad, indifferent. We'll give you the Vegas perspective. Also, Lakers, another prob- more problems, more poor performance. Brad Powers and Fezzik are going to battle that one out. Speaking of those boys, they're the pros who know. And sometimes they disagree, and we like it. We don't like violence. We like pro-on-pro aggression. Might be the right way to say it, because that's how you get the right answer. Sports bettors listen for the money. Sports fans listen to know more than their buddies. My personal promise, we will deliver the Vegas truth to you. But you can't have pros without Joes. 
He is Jonas Knox. Always good to be here, RJ. And we start here on Straight Out of Vegas in the NFL. You mentioned it, a trade earlier today cannot be official until about a month from now when the new league year starts. But Joe Flacco, longtime Baltimore Raven, won a Super Bowl with the Ravens, is now a Denver Bronco in exchange for a fourth-round pick. So what is the Vegas perspective, RJ, on the move between Denver and Baltimore? Well, what Vegas does, what Straight Out of Vegas does better than any show is use the Vegas market as an objective measure of opinion. It's easy to jibber. It's easy to jabber. But all that jibber-jabber, people aren't betting on it. When the markets move, it's money moving those markets. Brad Powers, you follow the markets closely. Give us, for both teams here, Baltimore-Denver, What is the Vegas verdict on this trade? So as of 10 days ago, Baltimore Ravens future odds for the championship Super Bowl next year, 33 to one today, RJ for Baltimore, 30 to one Denver. So slight improvement, slight improvement. Uh, As far as Denver is concerned, as of 10 days ago, the Broncos were 90 to one. Now the Broncos 75 to one, a little bit more than slight improvement. Yeah, so both in both cases, uh, slight improvement. It seems a little better for Denver, but it's easier to go. If you think about it, it's about a 10% mm. improvement from 33 to 30. So 90s, a little more in 10, but right in that range. Now, if only we had an NFL expert. Wait a minute. <laughs> There's only one two-time Super Contest champion. <laughs> only one of them. In all the five boroughs, I'm known. I'm known all over the f-ing world. He's Steve Fezzik. He's one of the pros. What is the Fezzik take on this trade? Going to upgrade Denver. I like Flacco as a quarterback better than Keenum. Half point upgrade. So I'm not high on Flacco. I'm just very down on Case Keenum. Okay. And what do you do? Well, let's start there. Let's start with Denver. To me, the main question I had when I heard this trade, is what do they do with Keenum? Because on one hand, you could say, man, it'd be nice. You got two, you know, middling, but probably worse than middling quarterbacks. And you do a quarterback rating, 1 to 32, fast for starters. Where do you have Flacco? Flacco is number 24 in my ratings. Now that's fascinating. Now, where right now would you have Lamar Jackson? 24 as well. It's a virtual oh, dead that, heat. That, that's curious. They're just exactly <laughs> tied. Yes. Hmm. Okay. We'll let that one go. And what, what, what do you have Keenum? Keenum is number 29. All right. So the theory being Keenum's one of the worst starting quarterbacks in the NFL. Yes. Do we agree with that? Does that feel right to you, Brad? Yeah, it does. I just wonder if Keenum didn't have the years prior to his last year with the Vikings, meaning his last year with the Vikings was shockingly good. Yep. So not last year, but the year before calendar year wise, I think he had the third best QBR in the NFL. I mean, he was a top, top quarterback. Now the debate was, is that an aberration? He was pretty deep in his career old to like have some kind of quantum leap. Or was it, hey, he finally figured it out? Now, obviously, John Elway felt like Keenum figured it out. Or why would he have paid so much money? I mean, Keenum was paid real money last year, and he's owed real money 
this year. So the idea that Flacco, who some people truly consider the worst starting quarterback, and would you agree, Fez, and there's nothing wrong with a professional batter to have an opinion different than the consensus of other professional batters. That's how you make money. They think one thing, you think the other. If you're right, you win. Like you and I disagree a lot. We press the green button and you end up mostly paying, paying me. Right. So that's the way <laughs> things happen. Do you agree you're probably higher on Flacco than most in Vegas? Probably, yes. Because my sense is a lot of people were like, Flacco, worst quarter. If you look at yards per attempt, there's a lot of ways you can parse it. But, but I think you, there's some real optimism you're showing for Flacco. Yes, and to summarize, Flacco has eroded. If you look at his stats from 2014 to 2017, they kept getting worse. And I actually had Flacco 29th going into this year. Whoa, 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 whoa. A year ago. Stop the clock. So you're saying <laughs> that he was 29th a year ago. Yeah. When he takes his, his next snap. He'll be 24 months older, two years older, a lumbering, almost like a Frankenstein moving quarterback. And some and he's been pretty much hurt for the last what three years? Some back, some some problems seem to be perpetual, but somehow he's improved. Well, he's only 34. Is it just because you're moving towards 60 and you're hoping that <laughs> maybe with age? Things don't really always get worse. You know, interesting, that would be a logical thing for me to do, but I'm always critical of Tom Brady's ability to get it done going forward at 42. Though. Uh, exactly, but somehow it's because I think there's some envy with Brady. With Flacco, you look and go, I don't really need to feel envious of this dude. Maybe he'll come back. But really, why would he get better? Because he had, for the first time in his career, he, he basically got the last two months of the year off, RJ, to heal up when Lamar Jackson went ahead and took over. I think that's a positive for this year coming forward. Well, hold forward. on a second. So you're saying having uh, seven months off instead of five months, if he were going to be playing some big game in January, whereas instead of having to play September, October, November, December, somehow he was out for six weeks, had enough time to get the rust off, but then was coming back for a playoff run, that would make sense. But five months off, seven months off, it's like if you sleep 11 hours or if you sleep 18 hours, you've slept enough. I mean, I, I don't, th if anything, rust becomes a problem more than rest. Well, I think instead of taking hits for 17 weeks, only taking hits for eight or so nine So what you're weeks. saying, now, now hold on. What you're saying is perhaps his deterioration, Flacco's drop-off due to age was slowed by not taking those hits. But it wouldn't reverse itself, right? So it's either he's physically older, right? That that's happening, no doubt. That's physics. It's happening. If he's getting banged up, let's say he went on a meth binge and didn't sleep for four months, <laughs> right? Flacco would age quicker, right? I agree with you that Flacco not taking a bunch of hits probably slows the aging process, the football aging process down. But it doesn't make him younger. He will be older this September than he was two years ago when you said he was number 29. So how did he get better? Well, if you look at his stats in 2018, he was the 18th rated QBR quarterback in the now, league. Now, that gets interesting. That's Steve Fezzik. I'm RJ Bell straight out of Vegas. I think there's a reason for that. And I think it's Lamar Jackson. Wasn't that the narrative? The narrative was... 
oh, Lamar Jackson's pressing him. He's been since that Super Bowl. He's been floating it above it all. And I think for a while, Flacco did play better. The stats say it. If they kept Case Keenum, the Broncos, maybe the same phenomenon. Mm. Two veteran quarterbacks, let them battle it out. Who knows? But the plan we just heard on the Fox Sports Radio News update is to cut them if they can't trade them. So now it's Flacco and whom? Where's the competition? And if anything, it's like it's almost like he's got next year's contract locked up because you're not going to bring somebody in mid-year. So the fact who's Denver's third-string quarterback? Does that? Do, I don't do, even know if Simeon's still with them or if he's long gone. So the idea that Flacco will have zero real competition. It's not like you can pull back really good backup quarterbacks out of a hat. So what we're saying is Flacco was number 29 in Steve Fezzik's ratings two years ago. This September, he'll be two years older. The idea is, oh, he was playing better, though, in 18. But I think we all agree a lot of that was Lamar Jackson at his heels. Now in Denver, no one at his heels but he's going to play better. You know, that now, this is, is me being a little skeptical. If you can't tell, <laughs> I think you bring up an excellent point because I know for a fact that Flacco responded to the drafting of Lamar Jackson for the first time, all these voluntary workouts during the off season, he was all in working with his wide receivers. And there's a reason he improved in 2018 because of that extra effort. Yeah. And, and to double up on Fez's point, he's only worked out with his receivers in the offseason twice in his career. Once was during the lockout in 2011. The other was this past offseason. So when he feels threatened, and we saw him responded when he wanted a big-time contract in the playoffs and he performed well, when he feels threatened, he always performs better. If there's no threat, I don't know how you can bank on him. Hold on a second. Whose point? Steve Fezzik's point. Huh? No, only what? not all of it. Not all of it. Uh, not okay, all, not all of it. He stuck the landing. All right. Jonas, the, the, the other routine. I, I just basically copied RJ's point. Okay. He's it, the it, one. He's the only RJ Bell. Okay. I mean, come on. Listen, listen. The other, the other, the other portions of the floor routine were a disaster. But he stuck the landing with the offseason workout. <laughs> you so. mean he stuck the landing yes. by reiterating That's, my point, which was the opposite of his point. So I'm just look. You know, I'm like, it, it's always about what you heard last. So there's we that. got Jonas Stutter. Yeah, at least yeah. we have that. When we come back. During the break, I'm going to decide how much heat I'm going to give Jonas about that. (laughs) And also, we'll wrap up the Broncos, the Ravens, and talk a little Steelers. That's coming up next. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox, and this is the pregame show you always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. 
Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. Coming up here in just a moment, we will finish up our thoughts on the trade of a Super Bowl-winning quarterback in the NFL. Each weekday, we have fun bringing the fun of Vegas straight to you. Right now on the Strip, 55 degrees. One of my favorite numbers, 55% winners. Let you not have to work a straight job. And the neon is flowing. So, guys, we talked a lot about the trade of Joe Flacco from the Baltimore Ravens over to the Denver Broncos that will be made official in about a month from now. And we talked about how it would affect the Denver Broncos moving forward. RJ, what else does Vegas see in this move that could change possible landscapes in the NFL? Yeah, to recap quickly on the Denver take, we believe Flacco maybe, possibly, potentially is an upgrade. But historically... Him feeling competition, him feeling the mm, high expectations where there's a consequence if he doesn't deliver. A la Lamar Jackson might take your job. He tends to step up. Now, considering the fact that he's got a big old contract, Flacco, and maybe he wants to sign just one more, maybe he feels it or maybe he doesn't. Keenum getting traded or cut seems to work against the idea Flacco is going to feel a lot of competition. I also would make the following case as we transition to Baltimore's, the hated Ravens, as a Steelers fan myself. Let's give them some credit. If Keenum and Flacco aren't that different, I think most people would agree with that. How is it that Keenum is going to get cut potentially, but Flacco they're getting a fourth-round pick for. It's like I thought 
Flacco had like one of these albatross like contracts. Hasn't that been the conversation, Fez, for a long time? Yeah, once he won the Super Bowl, he got overpaid. Yeah, but now it's year after year after year. It's getting worse and worse because he's playing. He's older and older, lumbering around. So the fourth round, I mean, that's like a, a fairly high draft choice. So again, whatever the Ravens front office is doing, let's give them credit. Now, the Ravens themselves. I don't really know what this means. Meaning, obviously, they're committed and all in to this running Lamar Jackson-focused offense. And to me, it's the only way it can work. Meaning, you can't go half in with a running offense. Uh, Quarterback mobile type. And let's give them credit. How absurd would it be to have a Flacco type as the backup because mm. now you've got to have two different offenses. Two different playbooks that you got to memorize. Yes, RG3. Interesting, because to whatever degree his talent is still there with age or whatever, same type of quarterback, it's smart. So first question is, thumbs up for the Ravens that they're all in with this approach. But the question is, is it a good approach? So Fez, as you look forward... And if in scenario A, it's this one. All in, Lamar Jackson, Ravens. Let's see if it works with this style offense. Or number two, you keep Flacco. Let's say that was your choice. Which which of the two ways, if you had a Ravens Super Bowl ticket in your pocket, would you prefer? Which one do you think maxes the chance of the Ravens having a good season? I think Lamar Jackson, because I think you knew what you had with Flacco. You're going to go 8-8, eight 9-7, and, eight, nine and seven, contend for a wild card, and there was no real ceiling with Lamar Jackson. I think there's a. Well, much- you're saying the ceiling was low. There was yes, a ceiling. Correct. There okay. was a ceiling, and now I think with Lamar Jackson, there's an opportunity that you suddenly could become. It's not likely, but you could become an 11, 5, 12, and 4 type team year after year. Hmm. That's the Fezzik and Marjay Bell straight out of Vegas breaking down the Flacco trade. Now let me counterpoint. It seems like in the NFL, anything that is gimmicky. And let's define gimmicky by it's not being done by many teams. Because if it were being done by many teams, it would be obviously good, right? Many teams drink water at practice. That's not a gimmick. That's the (laughs) standard, right? So what other team is going to be as mobile quarterback run focused next year as the Ravens? Oh, no other team will even be close. So this is not only gimmicky. This is a once- one-time unique situation. Yeah, Lamar Jackson was running the ball twice as much as the number two quarterback. What was it, Buffalo kid? Probably was um, the number Buff- two. How old is How <laughs> yeah, old is Fezzi? That guy, that kid out of Buffalo. <laughs> Buffalo kid. Josh I Allen. mean, geez. Uh, Frank Reich is the uh, correct answer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Gramps here. <laughs> Josh Allen. Yes. Okay, so now... <laughs> so now, here's the question. The league's going to have all this tape on it. If somehow, some way that uh, Lamar Jackson didn't play this season, and then they made the trade and said, we're going full on run the ball, I'd have more optimism thinking first five, six games, they're not going to know what to do the opposing defenses. Now, and this is a concept we've used again and again and again, which is whenever something is gimmicky, 
it takes between four and 10 weeks for the other DCs, defensive coordinators, to figure it out. And then you tend to see a big drop-off. The Wildcat took a little bit longer. Where's the Wildcat? These defensive coordinators are smart. Even Belichick, or I guess even McVay, the quote-unquote boy genius, if you listen to the X's and O's guys, they're saying what Belichick ended up doing, and I'm not an XO guy, but it was something about not having any D linemen in gaps because the gaps was what the Rams were deciding how to run the ball and where to pass at the line of scrimmage by being neutral, it really caused the Rams problems. And now the whole offseason, McVay's going to have to try to figure that out. Will he? I don't know. But even someone as smart and somewhat conventional as what the Rams were doing, a genius like Belichick comes in and says, well, what about this? This happens at chess all the time, Fez. You were a, an elite chess player as a child. And what happens? Oh, the Sicilian defense is super effective. But then some guy in, Hung- in Hungary, some Hungarian, figures out the ninth move should be this. The whole chess world says, uh-oh, we got to reconsider the Sicilian opening, correct? Correct. The opening I actually played got refuted. No one cares about it. It got refuted. It's the same thing. I couldn't play it anymore because I'd lose. It was, everyone had memorized how to beat it. Imagine Fest thinking people want to know about his chess, <laughs> his chess opening from 1986. <laughs> but, <laughs> but that's how the NFL is. So with the whole offseason to see what Lamar Jackson did, how can we be optimistic about a team doing something that no other team is, can do and thinking they're going to be successful? Because I don't think they're going to stand pat. I think Lamar Jackson does have the skills to be able to throw the ball and run the ball, and that's... So he sounds like the best quarterback in history. (laughs) Because if he could really be a competent thrower and be the best runner, boy, Belichick was an idiot for not taking him like 27 then. The potential is there, RJ. Oh, Oh. yeah. Potential. I tell you, there's a lot of people (laughs) looking around for -for two-for-one buffets on Fremont Street that's talking about potential. I have my doubts because we kind of got a preview. The first team to get that second go-around against Lamar Jackson, the Chargers. Inept the first matchup, not so inept when it came playoff time. Brad Powers coming strong. I mean, he sits back like a cobra. I mean, he, he didn't say anything. Maybe if you listen closely, you heard his the, the little rattle in his tail. Fez, did you actually hear yesterday's show? I did not. I mean, he was going at you so hard. It was so <laughs> you would think Brad would think Fez isn't here, but it was it, it was just real. Go ahead, I'll let you respond. Brad, aren't you the guy that said Lamar Jackson after he left the collegiate ranks, his school would, might even get better, and then they collapsed without him? No. Whoa, whoa, hold on. He had, Brad had a high opinion of a college quarterback that didn't get a lot of reps. He didn't turn out to be all that good. And here we are, right? What does that have to do with you (laughs) acting like Lamar Jackson is becoming a, is going to be a competent thrower? What do you have as proof to indicate that? I test. (laughs) Really? (laughs) The I test of looking at saying, boy, that guy can throw. I'll bet. well, uh-huh, uh-huh. this is all I know. This is what Brad made me play yesterday. He was the baddest kid around until I showed up. I mean, it's like he is just <laughs> gunning for Fez. I don't think Fez is speechless. I think we got to move on. Guys, uh, in a phrase that you would probably imagine would be written on the back of a No Fear t-shirt, Antonio Brown 
sent this out on Twitter. Don't be tolerated, be celebrated. This is 24 hours after he announced and made it public that he would like a request, he would uh, trade request from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yesterday we talked about the odds. The Steelers are the favorite to have Antonio Brown on the roster come week one of next season. So 24 hours later, another meaningless tweet. Do we see any changes in Vegas, RJ? You know, meaningless as in to winning and losing doesn't mean anything. I agree with you, Jonas, but it feels like he's digging himself in. Meaning, if you say, I mean, I think we've all with uh, partners have had situations where you have arguments and then there's that certain phrase (laughs) perhaps that once you say, like it's been in the back of your mind or maybe it's been in the back of their mind and then it's finally said and then you don't come back from it, right? You can try, but you don't. It feels like this is meaningful that Brown is moving towards saying things that will make it very hard for him to return to Pittsburgh. That said, Vegas does this very well. Brad Powers, what are the current odds on where Brown plays next season? Well, there's been a change in the last 24 hours. Yesterday, the Steelers were still the favorite for Antonio Brown to play week one next year. Now it's the Arizona Cardinals plus 450, the new favorite to land Antonio Brown. Steelers five to one. Okay, so really what we're saying is no big favorite either way. Who's, uh, Who's third and fourth? 49ers and Dolphins are plus 550. So they're all in the same range. Yep. So it's Cardinals, Steelers, 49ers, Dolphins, yep. the favorite right now yep. to Lamb Brown. When we come back, I didn't want to do this, but we've got to talk about the AAF because there's a lot of betting going on with the AAF. That's coming up next here on Straight Out of Vegas, but for all the latest from around the world of sports, it's Dan Beyer. Guys, we'll start with the big trade in the NFL today. Yes, Joe Flacco on his way to Denver. Just won't become official until mid-March when the new league year starts. Denver expected to give a fourth-round pick to the Baltimore Ravens in return for Joe Flacco. Some news from the NBA. Free agent center Ennis Cantor has signed a deal with the Portland Trailblazers. Of course, Cantor most recently was with the New York Knicks. The Athletic reports that Raptors guard Fred Van Vliet is going to miss five weeks. He needs thumb surgery or had thumb surgery. While the Raptors won't have Kawhi Leonard tonight, he is out against the Wizards because of a sore knee. Other injury news in the NBA, but it's good news for the Denver Nuggets. Guard Isaiah Thomas is set to make his season debut against the Sacramento Kings. This, according to ESPN, will be his first game in 11 months when he had hip surgery. Celtics will be without Kyrie Irving for tonight's game against the Pistons because of his knee injury, while Terry Rozier is also out. And the LA Times reports Luke Walton's job is safe for the rest of the season, even after the Lakers lost to the Hawks in Atlanta last night. And finally, this note from the NBA, Sixers center Joel Embiid fined $25,000 for criticizing the officials following last night's loss to the Boston Celtics. Back to you guys. Thanks, Dan. Straight out of Vegas here, Fox Sports Radio. Coming up in about 12 minutes from now here on FSR, we will have Best Bets, your chance to make a little bit of cash on a Wednesday night. I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. He is the voice of Vegas, RJ Bell. You know, during the news update, Fez had a forlorn look on his face. And I looked over and I was like, man, Brad's beating him up. Is he, is he starting to, you know, kind of question himself and all that stuff? And I go, Fez, what's wrong? And... He answered, I'm worried about Van Vliet. So so for a little background, Fez has a hierarchy of love 
for athletes. Jimmy G sits at the top squarely. But strangely enough, there's a man named Van Vliet. Tell us about him, Fez. Yeah, so Van Vliet is a backup guard for the <laughs> Toronto Raptors. And I came out and said he is going to make the difference. That Toronto bench is so good. This is finally the year that Toronto is going to make a deep run in the NBA playoffs. And a big part of it is how undervalued Van Vliet is, who's worth, in my numbers, at least a point, if not a point and a half. A <laughs> guy that doesn't start! And now he's hurt. And it probably doesn't make that much of a difference because even with them in the playoffs, they got absolutely rolled like they always do, those baby dinosaurs in the playoffs last year. But there's something about them that, yeah, you want to make money and exploit them somehow, but it's more than that with you and Van Vliet. <laughs> well, I like to oftentimes round up in terms of the value of players, and you put me in my place, RJ, and remind me there's very few players in the league worth the point, much less guys who come off the bench. Does he have? <laughs> is there a Mount Rushmore of? Because we've got Jimmy Garoppolo, we've got Van Fleet. Do we have two more we can throw on the Mount Rushmore for Fez? You know what's funny? It's going to be the beauty of a show with years and years. I mean, Fox Sports Radio made a huge commitment to straight out of Vegas. We're here for a long, long time. I mean, we know who's at the top. I love Jimmy G. And we know Van Vliet, but it's going to kind of fill in. Okay, you know how, like, good. in the third season of a show? Yeah. Like, remember Lost? Like, finally that ninth character got the backstory episode? Yeah, we're gonna. It's all gonna fill in with Fez. All right, guys. So one of the surprises over the weekend in the world of sports was the popularity of the AAF. That is not a professional wrestling organization. That is the American Alliance of Football, and the ratings did well. There was buzz on social media. There's the gambling aspect from Vegas's point of view. RJ, how do you look at the success early on of the AAF? You know, personally, it made me. I questioned if, if if a real man could really like the AAF. I represent what a real man is. But, you know, maybe I was wrong. A lot of love for it. And what I heard from some local bookies in Vegas is there was a massive amount of in-game betting. Now, what's that? That means before there's pregame, pregame.com, pregame, and then the game starts. And you can bet with your app in-game. Fez, you're one of the best at it. ESPN literally sent a film crew to Vegas, a, a crew, a few years ago to watch Fez do in-game betting. He did a big profile on it, like the Mozart of in-game betting. Now, Brad's taking, you know, who knows? Brad might be better at that soon enough. But, <laughs> but what we know is that the idea that there was more in-game betting than pre-game betting was that people came in saying, I don't have any idea about, you know, I've heard of this Hackenberg, of this coach I remember. But I think people were very uncertain how to handicap it. But then once they started watching it, it was like, okay, I, this team seems to be blowing this team out of the ball. Oh, that, that, that guy's throwing a spiral better than Lamar Jackson. Like whatever <laughs> the eye test was, it got people involved. So my thought is, that as the games progress, the AAF people are going to get more comfortable when it comes to who's playing, the matchups, and maybe the betting is going to be a lot more significant than I thought. 
thoughts fast. I agree, and I think the mere fact that it's on TV, what else am I going to do on a Sunday? I got no football. I mean, before. yeah, your boy, go play toss with your boy, but why would you do that? <laughs> no, not when Memphis is playing Birmingham, and it's, and it's Christian Hackenberg. What, I can bet against him again? Absolutely. Oh, uh, you know, actually, you're making an amazing point. This is a chance to fade the, the people we've made so much money fading even again. Oh, who I'm having a mental block. Who was the Jets quarterback all that time that was so bad? Then he went to the Giants. Geno Smith. Geno Smith. I mean, I literally have a pool table named Geno Smith, <laughs> a Brunswick. I mean, I hope he gets in this league. <laughs> so, Fed, did you in game bet it? Yeah, I bet against Hackenberg. <laughs> <laughs> they talked all during the pregame about how, oh, he changed his mechanics and he finally fixed what was wrong at Penn State and when he was at the Jets and then he was every, finally. Then he was every bit as terrible as you can ever remember. I, I got to be honest with you. I, I think we could do a whole hour on this, which we won't, but maybe 10 minutes at a time for the next couple of weeks. It's really not about how good players are because college football, Right? I mean, the, correct me if I'm wrong, Brad, but remember the European League we had? Yep. Uh, that was a much better level of competition than college football, yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. But why wasn't anyone watching it? To me, it's having someone to root for. I mean, if you think about Friday Night Lights, for example, right, the, the show, but also the concept behind the show. This is the game that people are going to talk about for years to come. These are high school players in Texas filling up literally 40, 50,000 seat stadiums. It's not about how good they are. It's about a rooting interest. And to me, these players, now listen, if you can't complete a pass, you know, hey, it, it's hard to watch. But as long as there's competence, it's about rooting. Here's my question, though. How do you ever get such a rooting interest in a new league. I just don't think it's possible, meaning I'm a Steeler fan because 40 years ago when I was, you know, five, six, seven years old, I was rooting for the Steelers and, and I had a Terry Bradshaw jersey. How does the AAF replicate that? I think a smart thing they did is they put all these franchises in cities that don't have an NFL team. But how long is it going to take to care? Because what are the odds that the AAF is around in seven years? That's true. But if a team is winning right out of the gate, we've seen that here. We've never had in Vegas a sports team. But, but remember now, you know, that's an interesting point because, because has there been any other city that there's been a uh, franchise move that really, usually a franchise moves because it's a troubled franchise. Yeah. What other city has ever really embraced? And, you know, so like OKC's yeah, okay. kind of embraced, but I mean, you know, I mean, it, it just feels like that typically when franchises move, the new city's ambivalent about. I mean, the Rams even aren't getting embraced, and they've mm. been here before, and the Chargers are not getting embraced at all by LA. So, to me, that's the ultimate question. If you ask yourself, why do people care beyond gambling, beyond fantasy about these games, why is there a rooting interest? It's usually about legacy. And it's just so hard for a league to gain legacy. But maybe they've got a 20-year horizon. 
Because remember, if you read about the history of the NFL, you know, I'm, I'm actually reading the new Bill Belichick book right now. Belichick was with the Colts in 75. That was his first year coaching. He was like a volunteer assistant. And they literally would change for practice outside. So literally wow. in 1975, an NFL team, you know, had infrastructure like, a, you know, less than a high school team. And now it feels different, right? Now it's billions and billions and billions. What the heck? I mean, the guys that were playing the NFL in the 50s were selling used cars in the offseason. So maybe the only way an AAF can work is with a 20, 30-year horizon. It's just in the internet, Twitter age, I'm not sure people have 20-year horizons. When we come back, we're going to talk about all the games you need to consider to bet tonight, including the TNT doubleheader. That's coming up next. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. 
I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. There is a bet to be paid, to be settled on, and it surrounds a game last night that was on TNT that we discussed. It was the Celtics and the 76ers. Boston, no Kyrie Irving, no problem. A 112-109 win at Philadelphia. So, R.J., what does that mean, and whose pockets are a little lighter here on a Wednesday? Now, listen, I don't want any people. Some people say I have a silver tongue and I can spin things. I don't want to spin anything. Brad and I bet, and I'm going to give Brad every unbiased chance to respond to the result. Oh, well, here's what happened with me. I'm not an NBA originator, unlike Steve Fezzik. So what I did was Steve, even though uh, he wasn't here yesterday, he sent in his notes on the game. So this is a lesson for you kids at home. <laughs> if you're looking to copy other people's homework, make sure that person knows exactly what they're talking about before you do that. I did that, came up on the short end. RJ took me to town. So what you're saying is you had no opinion. It was just reliance on Fezzik. I had no opinion whatsoever. <laughs> I copied off of Fez. I looked at his notes. Any response, Fez? Yeah, I told Brad it's a lean on Philadelphia. I don't know how that That's, into that a is bet. true, but somehow you yeah, had, you baited me. I baited you. Yeah. So hundred dollars. Now listen, let's just say that I I call it pizza money. These kind of bets, but you know sometimes get faux gras on the pizza because a hundred's a nice number. Who are we kidding? <laughs> Guys, that's not the only disagreement we've got here on the show involving the NBA and another historic franchise as the Lakers lost to the Hawks 117-113 in Atlanta. L.A. is now below 500 on the season, heading into the All-Star break after last night's defeat to the Hawks. So there's a disagreement here between two members of the show. RJ, what are we looking at here? Who's fighting now? Well, i got to be honest. This was one of the real heavy disagreements and it strikes me that Fez might have the best of it here so to recap it was after last Thursday surprising victory when the Lakers went into Boston and won and Brad said now try to follow this because it was <laughs> kind of whipsaw and originally Brad's like bet against every Lakers game the rest of the year but then after this one game, he's like, hold the phone. I've reconsidered. So the question becomes, Brad, now the Lakers, since that game haven't looked so good, oh. have you swung all the way back? I have. <laughs> I'm a teeter-totter on this one. And there's another example for you kids back home when you're not one of so, so really, the example for the kids in general is don't do what you do. Don't do what I did. Here, in this case, if you're not 100% sure of an answer, go with your initial first gut instinct. So you're still really pessimistic, or you've now gone back to being I've pe gone pessimistic. It's tough to find a lot of good things to say about the Lakers. Fez, you want to take 20 seconds to gloat? Yeah, the Lakers yeah. <laughs> feels, feels they're expendable, 
they all got put on the chopping block about to be traded. They've been outscored now the Lakers by 82 points the last five games. And really, well, imagine they, he took the time to do the math on yeah. that. They should be 0-5 other than a franchise record performance from three against Boston. They'd be 0-5. And the Lakers' playoff chances are down to about 20% now. So in general, though, you guys both post-All-Star break looking to fade the Lakers. Yep, yep. Guys, we got a doubleheader in the NBA coming up on ESPN, tipping off a little over an hour from now in Minnesota. It is the Rockets at the Timberwolves right now on pregame.com. Houston, a four-point favorite. I lean to Houston. It's all about Minnesota's suspect motivation. They're unlikely to make the playoffs. Minnesota's down to a 10% chance, and they were supposed to be a winning team. Further, how excited can they be to try to do a miraculous playoff run when they know Golden State will wait? I'll go ahead and lean with Houston. After they go final in Minneapolis, it's the Warriors at the Trailblazers, and Golden State is a three-point favorite on the road. I like Portland here. I bet Portland plus the three. It's all about Golden State being in cruise control mode. Got a three-game lead in the West now, 16-1, and straight-up run, but only 1-5 and against the spread the last six games. I think Golden State's already looking ahead to the All-Star break. Portland off of two losses will bring it. I think Portland has a great chance to win this game outright. So generally, Fez, if there's teams that you think have questionable motivation— is the game before the All-Star break a time they're susceptible because it's like the last day of school or last day before spring break kind of thing? Absolutely. A great spot to fade a team about to go fishing. All right, so think about that, guys. If it's the, Every team has a different last game. Some are different days. But if it's the last game, ask yourself, is this a type of team that tends to be flat? If they are in the NBA, they'll be flat that game before the All-Star break. It was a show full of disagreements. If you missed any of it, you can check out the podcast on FoxSportsRadio.com. The Odd Couple is next. We are straight out of Vegas, back tomorrow, 6 Eastern time, right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at at First first listen. Listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge Podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here and this season takes it to a whole new level old school legends modern power players and ex-lovers are all competing in cape town south africa for the prize of three hundred thousand dollars and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast listen to mtv's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., 
we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.